0: Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell.
1: Contact CordellCordell.com. 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Another Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride. Sitting next to me is Natamila Piro for once. Introduce yourself.
0: This is Devalier Johnson. Um, Duvalier Johnson um,
1: at on Twitter. Yeah, you get it right. Duvalier, all right. You get it right. It's superstar in here. So we gotta make sure it's correct when we go when we go about this. But the Nuggets tonight, man. The Nuggets come out and just take it to the Utah Jazz. This is now their third straight win. They have gotten two divisional wins, two road wins, and they just continue to roll through whoever they have. They are now holding the last three teams to an average of 83 points at night. Do you have any idea this defense was even capable of this?
0: No, this is just not the Denver Nuggets team that we've yeah. probably ever seen. You know, like mm-hmm. Not in my lifetime, at least. Um, this is not a team that I've seen since I've been covering the team. You're just so used to having a Denver Nuggets team that's up and down, fast-paced, scoring as much as they can and the other team uh, scoring. So whoever just um, outscores the team, that's who's going to win. So 116, 110 games and yeah. things like that.
1: But this all of a sudden, I mean, we're looking at 107-83, and it wasn't like – I mean don't get me wrong Utah was missing shots but Denver had to buckle down in the half court and like actually play fundamental defense rotate efficiently help on the weak side and they did everything correct like I was absolutely stunned watching this game and I, I don't even know where to start I mean if you look at the numbers 32.1% the Utah Jazz shoot tonight only 28.6 from three they get out rebounded I mean the Nuggets had 52 rebounds tonight it was just from top to bottom they were great defensively the 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 only kind of fall off was when they started giving up offensive rebounds to Derek Favors towards the end of the game. But outside of that, I mean, they were stomping the life out of this team, right? Yeah,
0: and you just can't be upset at those type of things, especially uh, with the the offensive rebounding. Uh, You play defense good for the entire game. And then there is this spurt that Derek Favors, who is really aggressive on the boards, goes out and starts uh, rebounding. You have Donovan Mitchell uh, going in, and he's finally playing aggressive, and he gets a few dunks and things of that nature. But, you know, Utah Jazz is one of those slow-paced type teams um, that don't get up and score a lot, and they typically do against the Nuggets. For, For the Nuggets to come out and play defense and hold a team that doesn't get out and score as much, to the way that they're supposed to play, that is the type of game that you need to see from the Nuggets.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is solidifying all of the great hopes we had for this team from the preseason. Like, we were hoping this could be a top 15-esque defense, and that this offense could come in and just do what they do, and that's exactly what's happened. But, going back to Donovan Mitchell, it was interesting to me because he was really good tonight even though he did not shoot well. They did a good job of containing him, but even though he wasn't scoring, he had six assists, three rebounds, a steal, he only had two turnovers, he was a aggressive had a huge dunk like those bunnies came out yeah that like, dunk that whew. dunk I don't even know what to say about that dunk. That dunk was filthy, but even funnier, Trey Lyles playing against his former team. The second that Donovan Mitchell goes against that dunk, the dude that Trey Lyles essentially was traded for, he comes back on the other end and throws down a dunk of his own on the next possession. That really kind of summed this game up for me. Like Donovan Mitchell did something, but Trey Lyles won won up some immediately, and that's how the Nuggets kind of played this team all night.
0: Yeah, and Trey, Trey Lyles the entire time. He just it was it was his game. He yeah, owned yeah. this game from start to finish. After the first basket, you know, he kinda smiled and got it going. He started scoring a little bit more. And throughout the whole night, he was he was very, very aggressive. Oh yeah. You know, for you to say that he go, Donovan Mitchell goes down and he gets a dunk over um Will Barton and then Trey Lyles comes down and dunks it and he just turns around and he goes like, Oh yeah, yeah like that's what this I is do. <laughs> this is the time that I need to you know, like showcase that it wasn't a terrible trade. You know, at the you know, at the time it looked like, Oh man, this is such a bad trade, but yeah. You know, Donovan Mitchell, he downplayed the whole situation. And, and I mean, you could say it was a downgrade, uh, downplay of the situation, but, you know, he's a rookie coming into yeah. the league. He brought it up and he talked about it. But Trey Louse, that's that's a revenge game. That's like a smack-in-the-face type game that I'm going to come out and I'm going to give my all. And we've seen it throughout the entire night. There yeah. was there was war wounds when he had the, the headbutt. Um, at the end of the game, <laughs> yeah. he still stayed in the game, so that shows yeah. that how, how interested in the game he truly was. And he came out and he really had a good game. He stuck it to his old team,
1: absolutely. And like Donovan Mitchell's little Gary Harris in him, like he kind of has that. Like I don't care, I'm just here to play. Paul, <laughs> like I don't care about yeah, your like Trey nice. Lyles conversation. But when Trey Lyles, Harrison Wind asked Trey Lyles, like obviously you weren't guarding Donovan Mitchell, but obviously you guys played him well, and you could kind of tell it was a bait because all of a sudden that smile came across Trey Lyles' face the second that someone brought up donovan mitchell it was like he was waiting for someone to ask I yeah, knew him. it was coming oh it was great too because he was just wanting that moment <laughs> like he was like listen man i need to get mine because it's been a long strenuous process and looking at his line i mean you go 7-11 from the field and you get 16 points that looks great that is not the most impressive part of that line to me he had eight rebounds tonight Like, Trey Lyles don't get eight rebounds. That has been one of the biggest knocks on him from the start is that the dude just doesn't get into the paint and really start gobbling up boards, but he did tonight. Yeah, and if you
0: take a look at it, he was going out of his way. He was hunting for those rebounds. Oh, yeah, he was. You know, he's he's knocking people over. He's aggressive. He dove on a few that, you know, got out of bounds. But, you know, this was a game that he played to his full potential. And if we can see that type of game from um, Trey Lyles throughout the entirety of the season— You know that we're not going to be able to talk about that trade anymore. Yeah. That's not something that you're going to do. You just, because at the moment, if you look at it right now, there's so many different pieces that Trey Lyles is a real good aspect, you know, or, you know, player for the Nuggets. Yes, absolutely. It would be kind of hard to put Mitchell in that same situation with the nuggets right now so it ended up working out and tonight was one of those things that we
1: got to see that it was incredible to watch Trey Lyles single handedly be like nah I'm gonna show you that this that this trade was not that bad like I, and who would have thought that like let's go back to draft night when you and I were both sitting in the mm-hmm. in the media room watching draft night who would have thought that you know a few months later we're talking that Trey Lyles is single-handedly deciding the fate of that entire trade right now nobody and if they said it then they're, they're lying, just making man. it up they're just making <laughs>
0: things up you know it makes them feel better about themselves
1: I think what was also really impressive about Trey Lyles is that he played some small ball five tonight and this is something I have been pleading and begging and just wanting to see more of and when he did it he didn't get worked over like this was not a situation where you look at him be like that dude just can't hang with bigger dudes down low that's when you see those rebounds start getting gobbled up and you see him space the floor and open up that lane because like, Torrey Craig was the power forward in that lineup with Will Barton at the three, Jamal Murray, and Gary Harris. That is an ultra small lineup, and they just ran the life out of the Jazz with it. I want to see so much more of that. I loved that look of seeing Trey Lyles play that small ball five and stretch the floor, and he liked it, too, for what he said.
0: Yeah, just to take a look at Malone as of late, you know, that's one of the big changes uh, is his rotations and how many players he's actually using, how many – how much minutes every player is getting. And if you look at it, he really just went to the bench for three players. Barton had 36 minutes. Torrey Craig had 21 minutes. And this is a two-way player. Yeah, he's been good, man. And then Trey Lyles, who had 27 minutes. And all of those players were effective. You know, they didn't actually score a lot of points or do anything like that, but they affected the game in so many different ways. And that's something that we really should be talking about with the Nuggets is how that small rotation and how they've changed out from a few players that were playing lots of minutes are not playing at all anymore, even healthy scratches. And how, you know how successful the team has been since then.
1: Yeah, and they've been doing that a lot—seven, eight-man rotations throughout. And this is the crazy thing: Trey Lyles played twenty-eight minutes, plus fifteen. Uh, Torrey Craig twenty-one minutes, plus eleven. Will Barton thirty-six minutes, plus seventeen. You are getting actual help from your bench unit now. And let's go back to what you just said about guys getting healthy scratches. Let's just name them: Emmanuel Moody and Kenneth Reed are out of this rotation. They're out, of like it. flat out, full stop. Same with the Wacho and Gomez. Yeah. So. All three of those people, they're gone. Yeah, for they're, right now. they're not there for now. Yeah, and that could change, but at the same time, like it has helped this team. And you can't, you can't. This isn't a shot at Moutier or Fareed. It is a little bit, but like they got things that they got to figure out. They need to find ways to impact this game and help this team win games, not be a negative because they have been a largely negative factor on these teams. And
0: you said that they have things that they need to figure out. And in the in the time, Malone is figuring out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the best move to actually go to that. Yeah, you know. This is one of their best starts since what, 2010, I think? I they said yeah, 2010, it was. 2011. And it could be attributed to Malone going through different changes. You know, you and Anillo talked about the changes that Malone has been going through and how he could be attributed to, you know, one of the most improved players on the team, even though he's not a player. Yeah. But that goes into it. His rotations, the way that he's uh, rotating these guys and playing them meaningful minutes at certain times, you know, uh, late game substitutions. Um Different units trying to get different things out of it. There was a time today that they had a unit of just straight defensive yeah, players in. Yeah. And it was at a critical time that the, t- the team was coming back. They was like, nope, we're just going to put Jokic on the bench. We're just going to figure it out from here. Yeah. And those are the type of things that we're seeing with Malone this year. So I think that is something to, to talk about.
1: And it's like people don't realize when you look at a box score and you're like, oh, he played an eight-man rotation. That's better. It wasn't just that. He went from Jokic and Plumlee together to Jokic and Lyles together to Lyles alone as a small ball five, went back to Jokic and Lyles, and then went back to Mason Plumlee and Jokic. Like the way that he is configuring and the nuances of everything that he is doing is allowing the versatility of this team to show and shine and be actually impactful. Like, I have been blown away at how good of a job Michael Malone has done, considering all of the chaos that they have dealt with. I mean, you lose Nikola Jokic for seven games. You lose Paul Millsap for two months. You have Gary Harris out of the lineup. You have Will Barton out of the lineup. You have Wilson Chandler out of the lineup. You have Mason Plumlee hurting. Like, this is crazy, and he has managed to get these guys in a position where they have the best start since 2010-11. That's incredible to me, and now we're looking at a situation where, let's just hype hypothetically say they beat minnesota tomorrow night they can finish the calendar year with 21 wins they're going to be 21 and 15 potentially once the calendar year flips if they continue doing this it's incredible
0: and that's just with having milsap still getting back yeah. healthy they're not even at full strength not even that's cloaks. one thing to take a look at they're not at full strength they're going to have to change the starting lineup when he finally gets acclimated and back into the starting lineup so now you have a nine-man rotation And you finally figure things out because, you know, as soon as Millsap comes back, it makes the defense a little bit better. You could have another player to go to on offense. You know, there is going to be that growing pains and things like that, but they are going to get better, and that's the thing to take a look at. They could end the calendar year with 20 wins, and they have their second-best player still on the bench. You know, he's not even playing right now. Their best defender is on the bench, and now you could do a different unit of straight defense. You don't have to just take out Jokic and then you have Millsap because they wanted to offset those guys anyway. So now you have a new dynamic that they're going to be able to work through. So this is going to be one of those those good years for the Nuggets, you know, just because they are going to get better and they are getting better. And we're seeing changes from so many different players, you know, and even on the bench unit, you know, we get to see Barton taking on a different role. We get to see Torrey Craig, who we knew nothing about, you know, a year ago. Uh, You have Trey Lyles coming in and and those are the type of things to
1: see yeah absolutely I mean you really couldn't hit it more on the head and going back to what you said about how they wanted Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic to kind of be staggered what we've been able to see from Mason Plumlee playing alongside Nikola Jokic makes me feel so much better about how he'll play alongside Paul Millsap as well you can actually use Mason Plumlee even when Paul Millsap gets back he won't be starting that's just, that's a full stop fact but he will be able to fit with both of these individuals and the fact that Mason Plumlee has been starting with Nikola Jokic you are playing through two skilled men that's going to be exactly how it is when you get well not exactly but very close to what you're going to get when Paul Millsap returns to the starting lineup with Nikola Jokic so this team is setting themselves up to continually get better and better and better but let's kind of hit the elephant in the room Nikola Jokic is flagrant two tonight what the hell was that yeah that
0: came out of nowhere yeah there was one of those uh those moments that you know everyone was looking around because you thought it kind of happened everyone thought it happened when Ingles because of when you were just looking at it, Ingalls and him was the one that was in each other's face and it was Jarepco on the ground yep. and Jokic is just pleading like, What's going on? What's going <laughs> on? And it was just one of those things like what? Everybody's yeah. what? And then for them to actually go and review it and then it comes back back as a flagrant oh, so two, bad. That is that's just a bad call. It's a, a bad call. Atrocious
1: officiating, flat out. Because this is the thing. a flagrant two foul is intent. That is malicious intent. When you're trying to swim move somebody, and look, Jokic even said this. He was like, if I'm trying to hit somebody, it's not like that. Like, flat out. If you're trying to swim move an individual, you are not looking to headhunt somebody. So that was just not even close to a flagrant two. Even by the letter of the law, that's not a flagrant two. And and I'm
0: actually interested to see what the refs are going to say because he didn't cause any type of, you know, blood. He didn't give a concussion or hit the person in the head, like and with intent. It was just one of those plays that he tried to make a move. It didn't work. The guy fell.
1: Yeah, I mean, you they could call give it him slice. a slice. They you call could... it a slice to to be able to get your guy in better position by exactly. using a swim move to get in front. And of You him. could give him a foul for that. Yeah, maybe even a flagrant one. Yeah, inadvertent elbow to the head. Sure, like that's cool. I totally feel that call. Yeah, this so is I crazy. just don't.
0: It's going to be one of those things, and they've been doing this a lot with Jokic. Actually, is mm-hmm. they go back and say like, "Oh man, we made a mistake." It's not a flagrant too.
1: Do you think that Jokic kind of brings us a little bit upon himself because of the way he acts with officials and other players and how fiery he gets?
0: Yeah, I think it's just like, you know, players talk about each other. I think the, the, the refs probably talk oh, about yeah. Jokic as well because he is one of those players that – he goes, he goes and talks. He complains about every single play and every call that he makes. He's like, he has the Tim Duncan type of look. Like, why Me? What? Me? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, me? He, starts, I he do does it. have
1: the Tim Duncan arms and look. <laughs> yeah, oh, my like, God. What? I never what? noticed that. Not this. me.
0: And then it's like, <laughs> come on. We know you fouled. But he doesn't do it. Yeah. So it's one of those things that I think that referees are just, you know, keeping a, a watchful eye on him. Yeah. So I do think that he brings it on himself. With that being said, that, that was not a flavoring, too. I agree out,
1: and like I'm not one to get on a show and like start annihilating officiating. Like this just wasn't a flagrant two. Yeah. It's like flat out, it just wasn't. And I, that that's what drove me crazy. But even then, 26 minutes for Nikola. He was only four of 10 from the field, which is bad for him. But 13.7 rebounds, five assists, a steal, only one turnover, and he leaves the game after getting ejected, of course. And immediately, like without even a hesitation, Jamal Murray comes out and hits two jumpers, just boom, right in your face. 4-0 run just from with Jamal Murray. Like that is the the kind of Jamal Murray you want to see. He understands he's not the focal point when he's playing with Nikola Jokic. Oh, Nikola's out? It's time for me to get into this. And I loved seeing that from him tonight. This is one of Jamal
0: Murray's best games, you know, just because he was was aggressive from start to finish. He knew that Ricky Rubio could not guard him whatsoever, and he attacked him every single play. What happened to Ricky Rubio? I have no idea. (laughs) He even started out this year doing pretty well, and then just out of nowhere, it just died down. And the Jazz don't have backup point guards. No, they've done you know, it. is having a hard time. They don't really have backup point guards, yeah. you know? So, what, what was it? Nato or something yeah, like Raul, that? Yeah, Raul
1: Neto, they played Epke Udo tonight. Alec Burks had the ball. Yeah, in his they hand don't a have bit. many
0: backups. So, Murray getting off like that was like something that we need to see mm-hmm. every game from him because there is like a lot of players that can't get him. And the thing that is so well about Murray right now is he's so confident in his jump shot. That you can't stop him in any other way because he could do it in so many different ways. Right hand, left hand finishes at the rim. Floaters, um, stop and pops. Matter. Dude, that's three today back. in transition. He stopped on a transition and pulled a three. And he knew it was going in. He walked off before it even went in. It was nuts. So this is the type of Jamal Murray that we need to see every game. And, and we haven't even talked about if Jamal Murray is even progressing as a defender. That's how good he's been on offense as of late. That we haven't talked about. No one's
1: talking about because he was bad at one point defensively. Like we were all talking about it, and no one's
0: talked about if he even looks bad as a point guard right now, as far as defending other point guards. Because he's been so good on offense and holding his own that we need to see these type of things all the time. I think he started the game out three for three from the three three point line. No, he
1: was five of five to start the field. Three of three from the three point line. He was thirteen points. That is the the Jamal Murray that we need to see all the time. Yeah, flat out. Like, that is exactly what you're looking to see. Like, you want to see him just go out there and get his, like, flat out. And I think what has really allowed... And, like, everyone's talked about how Nikola Jokic getting hurt and him becoming the focal point is what allowed him to blow up and finally become that kind of player we all thought he could be. I disagree. I think it did play in. I think the fact that Gary Harris has grown so much as a playmaker that he has allowed Jamal Murray to play off the ball a lot of times. Like, Gary Harris taking this ball, slicing to the rim, putting pocket passes down low off the bounce. He's hitting shooters in the corner. And I think that playmaking has allowed Jamal Murray just to do his own thing. It almost reminds me of Kentucky in his rookie or his uh, second year before he left. or Sorry, rookie year before he left in his freshman year when the start of the year he was a point guard and they weren't playing well. Tyler Uless comes in, mm-hmm. starts playing a point guard, and boom, Jamal blows up. Like, that's what I feel like with Gary Harris has happened is that Gary Harris has taken in that playmaking role, and suddenly Jamal Murray is allowed to just shoot and play off ball when he wants to. And
0: that's what he does well. He's, yeah. he's a great off-ball player. And you talk about Gary Harris' playmaking. Malone has also been really high on his playmaking. Said that he, think that it's, he thinks that it's one of the most, um, the things that he's improved in um, yes. improved on most Um Will Barton is a playmaker. Jamal Murray is a playmaker. Nikola Jokic is a playmaker. And that's what Denver Nuggets have been this year. Everyone can bring the ball up. Everyone can be a playmaker. We've seen Mason Plumlee bring the ball up sometimes. Oh yeah, These are just the type of teams that you have that can playmake from different areas. And you can start your offense uh, from different spots on the court when you have those type of players. Because a lot of teams don't have that type of player the Jazz don't have those type of players every time. So it it does become a, a new dynamic when you take a look at that in the way that they are, you know, getting their baskets.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you look on the roster. Nikola Jokic, obviously, he's going to get his assists. He had five tonight. Mason Plumlee, in only 20 minutes, had three assists. Jamal Murray had two, but he had a couple guys miss shots on good passes. Gary Harris, with another five assists. Will Barton with another five assists. Tory Craig had two assists in 21 minutes tonight. Like, everybody on this roster has some semblance of the ability to make plays for others. Mason Plumlee, Nikola Jokic, Wilson Chandler, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Trey Lyles, Moodyer, even, Tory Craig, Will Barton, even Malik Beasley has shown up an ability to do that. Everybody on this team knows how to make the correct play. That's why I think you draw so many parallels with the Warriors. Is that it's a group of guys that was want to get the best looking shot flat out, and that's what we've been seeing from them. I have absolutely adored watching this team recently, and another big reason of that has been Wilson Chandler. Like Wilson Chandler had 15 points tonight on 11 shots. He had seven rebounds and was a second on the team as a plus 16 tonight. He was everywhere clutch shot after clutch shot i was so impressed with him again and his defense again was fantastic i mean you look at i mean joe joe ingles is gonna get his but he ended up with only eight points tonight only one assist that's huge to only hold him to one assist Drebco four of ten from the field couldn't do anything joe johnson one of six from the field a notorious nuggets killer could not get it going in his 24 minutes tonight rodney hood was four of 17 tonight
0: four of 17 he led the whole game in shots
1: that's nuts. Shot. I didn't even realize that. He did lead the game. No one on the Nuggets took over 15 shots tonight. It was Jamal Murray, who was 9 of 15 from the field.
0: Who had a good game. Yeah. And Rodney Hood is 4 of 17. But yeah, you bring up a great point. Wilson Chandler, and it's not just today. Wilson Chandler has been great as of late. Yeah, absolutely. And think about it. It's their last three game winning They're on the three game winning streak right now. Against Portland, he has 21 and 11 rebounds. Against Golden State, he has 15 points and nine rebounds. And you're going against Kevin Durant. Yeah. And then tonight, you go 15 points, seven rebounds. And you're not getting exposed on defense. You're, you're showing up on offense, and he's getting his points late. You know, he's starting out, you know, he, he misses a few shots, but he's still playing hard, her nose defense. He's still getting uh, guys open. He, he's setting screens. He's doing everything that you need him to do. But he's been scoring as of late, and that's what the Nuggets need from him. You know, because there's not many backup small forwards with, you know, with the, the, the ability to do things that Wilson Chandler does. So that has been something that we have to
1: talk about as of late. Absolutely. And here's a shameless self-plug. I wrote a, a whole article today about a thousand words on Wilson Chandler and what he has brought to the table on both ends of the ball recently. Malone had some incredible quotes about it and shoot around today. So check that out on the Mile High Sports page as well as my post game. We will have a good, bad and ugly up for Dev as well soon. But... Man, we haven't talked nearly enough about that that about that three in transition that Marie. hits. I have no idea how someone can go full speed to a dead stop and transfer your energy up to your hands in a balanced, even motion and just rain hell down like mortar fire tonight.
0: And to know that it's going in. Yeah. That was the part. Just he to just walk knew. it off, man. It was just very confidence. He knew it was going in. And after the game, Adam Mares of Denver Stiffs asked him. He's like, you know, Kevin Durant talks about how that's one of the most difficult shots in basketball. Jamal Murray said, "Maybe that's one of his
1: most difficult shots <laughs> I didn't in hear basketball." That. Oh, that's hot heat. That's fantastic, <laughs> he did, man. He didn't say oh. anything like,
0: "Oh, yeah, that is one of the most difficult shots." He said, "Well, that's probably one of his most difficult shots." Like you I'm ask, good. He said, "If you ask Steph Curry, it's probably not one of his most difficult shots. That's valid. It's not one of my most difficult shots. That's his most difficult shot." And I was like, "You know what? That that makes a good point because that is the type of player that Jamal Murray has, you know, grown to be. He has been that confident in his, in his shot as of late." He wouldn't have said that two weeks ago, but as of right now, that's how confident he is in his shot, and that is something that we actually
1: have to see he has been fantastic for a long chunk of games now I mean you just look at what he's been able to do so far just in December he has been absolutely fantastic like I am just blown away you look at his numbers he's averaging 18 points a game on 47.3% from the field 52.2% from three on 5.3 or 3 point attempts a game that is ridiculous he's getting to the free throw line 3.2 times a night shooting 92.7% from the, from the, from the free throw line. You throw in 2.8 assists, 3.8 rebounds. That's something that's crazy. His rebounding's been fantastic, I think. And his turnovers are down as well. Like, he has been light out shooting, and it has opened up this offense to something that I have not seen before, because they're not... They're, they're playing kind of clunky offensively, but everything's wide open. The ball is still moving. They have looked great. They have 23 assists again tonight. Like, this team, man, like, this team can be so, so good.
0: Yeah, so good. And, you know, we've been so, so high on on the nuggets, it's hard not to be. You know, we have to find some type of you know negatives, all right. Just we have do to it. Find I know where some you're going, type of just lows. do it, dev. I'll just say it. One of the things that has been getting under my skin, one thing that I just really cannot understand is the play not really the playoff, but the scoring of Will Barton. The lack where of scoring, that, where has that gone lately? Because this is a player that was you know going to be one of the six men of the year candidates. He's scoring, he's playmaking, he's doing all of these things, and he was hot. You know, he's he's averaging 14 points a game on the season, but as of late... he you know, was
1: at 17 like two weeks in ago. In the last
0: five games, he has six points, six points, 12 points, nine points, five points. Wow, and he only has
1: one double-digit scoring game in his exa- last six? And he's
0: been taking a lot of shots every game. Yeah. And And that's just something that I just do not...
1: I don't understand where it's coming from. So I will say this. Uh, will Barton has rolled his ankle twice in games and stayed in. He had that lower back contusion that he refused to let him set out that has been bothering him. If you want to look at exactly why his shot isn't falling, when you have back and ankle injuries, it's going to be very difficult to keep your shot in perfect mechanic, perfect balance, and perfect form. So I can see why. And I'm not taking that away because he has not been good scoring. Like I'm not going to hide from that. But dude, six rebounds, five assists, he had only one turnover, was a plus seven tonight and played great defense
0: yeah he's been he's been doing all the playmaking um you know things that you have to do and he's been getting it done in so many different ways and that's why he's only taking one game off and he's playing 31 minutes a game yeah that is something that you have to take a look at when you are having injuries i think it just confuses me how you know he's a player that scores so well yeah he plays 36 minutes he only gets five points emmanuel Mudiay gets in the game for one minute Forty seconds, and he
1: outscores Barton. Well, let's be real here. Moody, got a junk three pointer from thirty feet to go in, and he got fouled. And, and then won. he hit another junk three pointer. this was seven <laughs> points today in a minute thirty seconds. Like, think about that. What was that? What is that over forty eight minutes? Like hundred and thirty two <laughs> points. Like that's obscene. If he played the full game, maybe that's <laughs> something that we need to think about with, with, with Coach. We Malone. started with this about like, oh, the Nuggets are better because Moody is not playing, and here we are talking about him taking junk threes.
0: The whole, the whole. <laughs> (laughs) Game. If he had a whole thirty-six minutes, how much would Moutier have scored tonight? I want to know that. That is the question of the
1: day. I mean, he had two minutes, so that means eighteen times seven. I'm gonna do this math live on this podcast. Sorry, guys. 126 points he was on pace for in 36 Wilt minutes. Wilt has nothing on Moody. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Wilt has nothing on Moody. Yeah, you had your 100 point game. Moody is over here, about averaging 126 per 36 minutes over a minute and 37 second sample size. But regardless, I mean, is Moody done in this rotation flat out? Like, is he, is he just done right now? As of right now, I think so. It's eerily similar to last year when he had his back injury and Jameer Nelson took a spot in the rotation. Remember that last year? Yeah. Like the second so cool. he got hurt, it was over. And they were just waiting for a reason to kind of pull him. And that's that speculatory. Like Malone did not tell me that they're waiting for him to get hurt so they can pull him from the rotation. But at the same time, like that's exactly what happened last year. And Will Barton has been great as a de facto point guard. Five assists, one turnover again. I believe he's leading the Nuggets in assist-to-turnover ratio. Like He's been fantastic with the ball in his hands, making very good decisions. And his scoring ability and slashing ability needs to be thought of by your opponent so you can't just go under every screen like you do with A. You are forcing guys to go over screens. You're forcing help to come because they're worried about him slashing if you go over the screen. It just completely manipulates these defenses in a different way and when you sprinkle in Trey Louse's scoring and his three-point shooting, his ability to stretch the floor, that immediately makes this bench unit so much more potent and I think that's why you see them. Plus 15, plus 11, plus 17 for their bench unit. Yeah.
0: This is a team that we have to be on high on right now. Yeah. Right after a win like that, on a three-game winning streak, you get to show what you have against Minnesota Timberwolves. This is a team that you have to be on high on. If they go out there, they don't even have to win tomorrow. They just have to go out there and play a a full game the same way that they've been playing with effort. And this this is a team that could end the
1: season or, you know, this year. On a high note Absolutely I mean you look at what they've done The past three games It has been absolutely incredible I mean tonight You end up holding the Jazz To just what was it 83 points You hold the Warriors To 81 points You end up holding The the Portland Trailblazers To I believe it was 86 or 87 points Like they are just beating the life out of teams on defense. It is suffocating. Like teams can't breathe, and they're forcing turnovers. Like you look at the box score tonight. It says that they only had seven turnovers tonight in terms of Utah. There were three that weren't labeled as turnovers in the very beginning of the game that were absolutely for, like, un, like forced turnovers that the Nuggets were able to get after. Like they are just playing with pure emotion right now. They're playing with pure passion and pure tenacity, and it's made this team just so incredible. You got anything else?
0: Nothing else?
1: I think that's it, man. It's late. We're gonna go get right, and expect a Trey Lyles piece from me in the morning. Good, bad, and ugly from Dev in the morning, and we got another game to talk about tomorrow, Minnesota. So, on behalf of me, I am at TJ McBroad NBA. I am TJ McBride and to my right.
0: I am superstar Dev. Superstar Dev. Johnson.
1: That's it. That's all for us tonight. We will talk to you guys soon.
0: The area, King's in the area, the in the area, oui。96 the ninety six, ninety area, the Lord, 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 Lord,